This episode is brought to you by Sand. <laughs> it's nothing a little music can't help. I cannot teach him. The boy has no podcast. You will learn the podcast. Much anger in him, like his father. Was I any different when you taught me? He is not ready. Yoda. Uh, I am ready. I, ben, I could be a podcaster. Ben, tell him I'm ready. Uh. Ready are you? What know you of ready? For 800 years have I trained podcasters. My own counsel will I keep on who is to be trained. A podcaster must have the deepest commitment, the most serious mind. This one. A long time have I listened. All his life, he looked away to the future, to the Snapchat. Never his mind on where he was, hmm? what he was doing. YouTube, <laughs> Facebook, a podcaster craves not these things. You are reckless. So was I, if you remember. He's too quiet. Yes, too quiet to begin the recording. But I've learned so much. Will he finish what he begins? I won't fail you. I haven't lost my voice. Oh, you will. You will. Hello, and welcome. This is episode 16 of Voice of the Rebellion. Yeah, I think we, we finally made it. Wow. We, yeah. Our, our one listener will be so pleased. I know. <laughs> hey, CJ. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, uh, so let's go to the news. Um, so this isn't like news, um, yeah. but I want to talk about it again. In fact, and, I, yeah, because I think we've covered Yeah, this. we've covered it, yeah. but I want to talk about it again in light of Last Jedi. Yeah. So as we all know, J.J. Abrams is going to be doing episode nine. Yeah. Now, Mark, you had mentioned that you didn't like this now that we've seen Last Jedi. Yeah, like at the time, I was like, this is great news. Like, we know he can do a good mm-hmm. Star Wars movie. The problem is, is now we've seen The Last Jedi. So now we've seen Star Wars in the hands of not J.J. Abrams. Yeah. And I don't know that I actually want him to come back. Because... He's so big on these mystery boxes. Yeah. That then to have him come back, like, he's just going to... So, it remains to be seen if he has the ability to not leave mysteries out there dangling. But here's here's one reason that I have hope. Yeah. Okay? You look at Force Awakens, and it is, like, the perfect, like, homage to everything before. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just a ton of references to all three of the original trilogy in it. Yeah. Um, he said he wants to use episode nine to tie all trilogies together. Okay. If he's as good as he was in using all the same imagery of the old trilogy in Force Awakens as he is in using all the trilogies in the ninth film, yeah. I think that it could be a really good final piece of film. With the Skywalker saga. Okay, yeah, I can see that. Like, okay. And it's not like he... So um, I, I was reading an interview. Ryan Johnson said that, like, yeah, it's a baton toss. Like, I have no control over what episode nine is. But I did tell them what I thought my personal vision was. Okay. And I don't think J.J. Abrams would be like, well, that's stupid. And then he just doesn't do anything. Yeah. yeah. Um, plus, when you look at Last Jedi, a ton of emotional depth happens you know like a ton of character development yeah so i feel like i almost feel like episode nine is almost an epilogue like yeah it because the way they ended it was like a rebellions were born today it, it almost felt like you didn't even need another movie because it was like you can envision the future on your own yeah it felt like the end of a trilogy yeah in a way. yeah um so that's why i feel like it's going to be more of an epilogue and that's why i don't really mind that's why i would prefer the epilogue to be just like pure callback. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can see that. Okay, you convince me. All right. Um, one thing I want to talk about. So we've all seen this giant backlash to Last Jedi. 
First off, it's not actually giant. Yeah. It's a few people yelling loudly. And I can prove it. So we see the like the Rotten Tomatoes score. Yeah. Right? Like 93% from the critics who loved it. Yeah. And then there's a 51% from the audience score, which is worse than all of the prequels. Yeah. Um, and you see all these internet comments from people who are like, bring back George Lucas. Like, this was mm-hmm. worse than Phantom Menace. There was a petition <laughs> online to make it so the last Jedi wasn't part of the canon. Yeah, like, what? Yeah. Like, I get you're upset, but you're wasting your energy. Yeah. Like, um, and, and you really want to watch Jar Jar over this? Anyway, yeah. I, anyways, I'm not going to spend much energy on this. Um, the 51% is a completely unreliable metric. All right. Toma- uh, Rotten Tomatoes does not use a proper um, polling method. Mm-hmm. Um, one person analyzed it, and they saw that you can create a bunch of new accounts from the same person, mm-hmm. um, leave bad reviews, and then delete those accounts. Yeah. They saw that 60% of the reviews left were from new accounts. Oh, okay, yeah. So these are people, like the same few people, creating a bunch of new accounts, leaving bad reviews to tank the score. It's called review bombing. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you look at other sites, um, like IMDb or um, I think it was called like CinemaScore or something like that. Yeah. They all have really high scores because they use actual proper polling methods. So if you ever see someone like reference, well, look, the fans hate it, obviously, because on Rotten Tomatoes, it's 51%. No, that's not true. Yeah. That's just a few people yelling loudly. Okay. That makes sense, yeah. yeah. Um, there was a... They revealed what one of the deleted scenes was. Yeah, so there's... Luke had said that he was going to teach Ray three lessons, mm-hmm. and he only taught her two. Yeah, and I don't know if anybody noticed or cared. Now, I don't... Now, I don't have a problem with that. No, I don't either. Like, I'm like, she right, left before. She, yeah, she got yeah. done and... She's like, I'm done with you. I don't care. Yeah. Um, but the third lesson was supposed to be this. So the scene was, there was a fire that like, that you can see from the distance. And Luke tells Ray like, oh, those are bandits that have come to, to raid like the nuns that work there. Yeah. And Ray's like, you need to go save them. And Luke's like, no. I'm done. I'm done doing anything. Mm-hmm. She's like, but you need to save them. Like you're Luke Skywalker. He's like, no, I'm done. Mm-hmm. So then she runs into action only to find that it's just the nuns having a ceremonial bonfire. Yeah. And there's not actually bandits there. So she comes back and she's super upset with Luke. She's like, why did you lie to me? Yeah. You, all you do is lie to me. You, you, it's supposed to be, it's like a really intense scene. Um, and Luke's like, it was to teach you that you don't need me. Look at what happened. You leapt into action. Yeah. You went down there, regardless of whether I was coming or not. Yeah. You are all that we need. Now with Ray's history with the nuns, like, did she like end up like accidentally <laughs> chopping a yeah. bunch of them up first? I would imagine. Hopefully. <laughs> um, so, anyways, um, I could see why they cut it because it it just probably was you know. Just for time's sake, I don't think it was necessary. Yeah, um, it doesn't really isn't really teaching because that. that message was already conveyed enough. Um, yeah, but yeah. Um, and then John Williams is going to be composing a brand new, unique theme for Han Solo for the Solo movie. Yeah, so which I mean, I'm it's nice, but at the same time, like Han kind of already has a theme. Does he? Is it like the the high intense action theme, like dun 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 dun? Yeah, that's like that's not always Falcon, but yeah, that's like kind of like the Millennium Falcon's theme, and Han yeah. Solo is the Millennium Falcon. Yeah. Um, so it feel like I feel like if you're gonna have a Han Solo theme, you'd want to hear that then throughout the other four films that he appears in. You it know, could feel misplaced. So um, I mean, I'm, not, I'm sure it'll be fine, um, but in the same way that, um, we'll talk about this later, but like Leia's song plays really, really prominently mm-hmm. in The Last Jedi. Like, anytime she's on screen, yeah. her song is, like, overpowering everything else. Yeah. Um, oh, another piece of news. We don't have it listed here, but um, there is a Lego set for the Millennium Falcon for mm-hmm. the Han Solo movie. Yeah. It's been revealed. It is called the Kessel Run Millennium Falcon. Okay. 
And the Millennium Falcon is painted blue. It has yeah. blue panels and that little center wedge in the middle. Yeah. It's filled in. Mm. Meaning that one of the modifications that Han made to the Falcon yeah. was that wedge for whatever reason. Okay. But the so the Millennium Falcon is actually going to look very very different. Did he movie. call it the Antilles wedge? Uh, <laughs> I'll leave the no. podcast now. Yes. Which actually, uh, we have another regular listener. So we and we know of at least two. Oh. Um, he's a coworker of mine, Brian. Ooh. Hi, Brian. Um, he went on vacation and ended up like binge listening to all the episodes. Mm-hmm. And he says, that I'm you, sorry, Brian. Well, he <laughs> I'm said, so sorry. He said that we need to fire you. Why? Because, because you love your, Han Solo. Yes. Because you're Han Solo. You know what? <laughs> Fuck you, Brian. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> so, Hey, Brian, uh, one of the host hates no, no, you. No, 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 no. Okay. No, no. But hear me out on this. All right. I actually really like Han Solo in Force Awakens because yeah. they gave him a lot of depth with being a parent and all. Yeah. And I understand his arc. In the old trilogy, like he starts as a smuggler and then it becomes a hero. Yeah. I don't understand this Han Solo movie that they're doing because you can't make him a hero by the end of the movie because well, no. that would completely undermine his arc in the old trilogy. I don't think you're going to. So I what's it going to be? Discover how he becomes a jerk? Like, maybe. That's I don't the thing. Get... No, you could. You could have him be a young... Like his I... parents beat him as a child? or No, no. You have him be like this young, ideal, idealized, like... Oh, an idealistic person. Idealistic. Who loses his faith kind of like how Luke did? Yeah, exactly. I guess that could and work. And in the movie with him being like completely cynical and being like, I'm not going to yeah. deal with any of this. So that could work. Actually, that would probably be the only way I would appreciate this movie. Yeah. Okay. Have him start as like the snarky Poe Dameron type. <laughs> yeah. Who becomes then the snarky Han Solo yeah. type. Yeah. Okay. So it could work. Okay. And we'll see. We got five months. Um, see the movie, so. I'd I'd fire Brian as retaliation, but I can't afford to lose any more listeners. <laughs> so, um, all right, let's move on. Let's move on to the main topic. One day I was walking and I found this big love. So the main topic today is just even more thoughts on the Last Jedi. Yeah. At um, some point, we will decide to not talk, talk about, about the Last Jedi yeah. as our like sole topic, but. Yeah. Um, we both have now seen it a second time. Yeah. Um, I saw it on Sunday. You saw it on Thursday. Yeah, last so Thursday. So I've seen it more recently, but it's, you know. I've seen it more recently. I'm uh, So we're going to, we just got basically each character. And we're going to go through all the different things that we noticed about them and things like that. Okay. Uh, so Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren. Um, you had posted, Mark. Yeah, I posted this thing that somebody had shared. I think it was on Tumblr or something about how. Um, if there's a thing called coding where you basically like you can e- read something as meaning something specific mm-hmm. without it explicitly ever saying it, and that the first order are not coded as Nazis. The Empire was coded as Nazis. They had stormtroopers. Yeah. They all wore stormtrooper uniform or um mm-hmm. uh Nazi uniforms, things like that. It was all about creating a totalitarian government. Exactly. And- so the forth. First Order are neo-Nazis. Yeah. Neo-Nazis are in some ways worse than Nazis. And yes, they haven't committed all the atrocities that the Nazis committed, but what they've done is looked back at what the Nazis did mm-hmm. and said, like in, with hindsight, mm-hmm. and said, yeah, that seems like a good idea. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's great. You know who? Let's do that. You know who Hux reminds me of? Um, what's the name of that neo-Nazi who keeps trying to start rallies? Oh, Richard and, Spencer. Yeah, Hux yeah. reminds me of Richard Spencer. Yeah, because he's like this sniveling, like yeah, he like, tries to be. We all are tough. so great. Yeah. Like, well, actually, he reminds me of I can't. I don't know his name, but um, he's referred to as the crying Nazi. Because he ended up organizing the Charlottesville mm-hmm. um, rallies, and then the police put out a warrant for him, and so he kept posting up videos on YouTube where he was hiding out in a hotel room, and he was like just like sobbing and didn't understand why everybody was picking on him, <laughs> despite the fact that yeah. he organized a neo-Nazi rally. Yeah. Um, so that kind of like 
unawareness. Yeah. Kind of strikes me as very like Hux like. And, and also Kylo Ren, um, this post had also said is, um, he's not the big, huge, towering, terrifying, imposing figure that Darth Vader is. Right. He's what the new villain of the modern day is, which is a sniveling, whiny little white boy who very wants angry white who's boy. very, very angry yeah. and lashes out in anger and does things like shoots up a bunch like schools and things yeah. like that. Like he's he's completely reckless. Mm-hmm. All these yeah, like all he's, these white men who have done all these shootings the past five, ten years. Yeah. And they're always these young kids who think that they deserve Yeah, they everything. deserve something. Yeah. yeah, how dare you? How dare that girl boys, not, not yeah. go out with me, so now I'm going to go and shoot her. You know, how dare yeah. people disrespect me? Yeah. They're disrespecting me, and I can't, I won't take that anymore, and they decide yeah. to go. So take Richard Spencer yeah. and an unhinged um, shooter. Yeah. And, and now they give, team up. Now give them magic powers. And an army. <laughs> yeah. And that is the first order. Which makes the the next film all that much more terrifying because that's the person you have in charge of an entire yeah. army now. Instead now, of having somebody to answer to. Going with that, I saw someone point out something that was like really true. Um, yeah. So Anakin, he didn't want to become Darth Vader. Right. Yeah. He was a Jedi. Uh, he said in Revenge of the Sith, I'm not the Jedi I should be. Like something's happening. Yeah. And, you know, he was ma- manipulated and twisted. And it's, and it's actually his own self-loathing that puts him into becoming this villain. Yeah. Right. He, he hates himself. They constantly talk about how Darth Vader hates himself. Yeah. I don't think Kylo Ren hates himself. Ben no. Solo wants to be Kylo Ren. That's the difference. Ben Solo wants to be evil. Yeah. He wants to, He looking back and with hindsight 2020, he wants to be that. Well, he specifically, she says, you're a monster. And he says, yes, I am. Yeah. Because that's because what he, he wants. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> like, what he that's wants. Not, that's not an insult to him. I mean, I, I saw in an interview they were asking um, Adam Driver, they said, is Kylo Ren a villain? And he did the typical actor thing of going, no, he's not a villain. Like I can't see him as a villain because everybody thinks that they're heroes. I think that Kylo Ren sees himself as a hero in a way, but what it is, is that he understands what he thought Luke was doing. Yeah. When Luke showed up to kill him, as far as he's concerned. Yeah. Like he's like, well, yeah, of course he would want to kill me because I'm a monster and I'm just going to accept that. Basically it's the, you know, the, the bangs flinging. I'm so edgy guys. Yeah. The, he's the biggest edge Lord. The biggest enemies we have today are hot topic customers. Yeah. (laughs) Um, let's move on to Ray. Um, so Ray, I saw Ryan Johnson commented, on why Ray's reveal of being a nobody um, was the right reveal to go with in Last Jedi. Um, and that was because being a nobody is what challenges Ray the most. So like in Empire Strikes Back, the thing that would challenge Luke the most is hearing that Darth Vader is his father. Yeah. Because like Luke has idealized his father. He's... Um, you want to be just like him. You heard he was a good pilot. He's this amazing yeah, Jedi. Like, and who was then, then betrayed by this evil monster. Yeah, monster like, Darth Vader. To hear that that monster is his father was the yeah. hardest thing for Luke to hear in that moment. Um, same thing for Rey. Rey desperately just wants to be somebody. Yeah. She just wants to have a part in the story, as and she thinks says. That, she thinks that knowing who her parents are, that will reveal that she's a somebody. Yeah. That she's, that she's not a yeah. nobody. And in the end, he's like, no, no you're... well, that's the thing is that she, he doesn't tell her that they're nobody because people, a bunch of people are like, oh, well, it's not going to, you know, it's going to turn out that he was, he was lying to her. No, he says, you've always known who they are. Yeah. And then she says it 
Yeah. They're nobody. And the way he so dismiss like it's fantastic acting on yeah. Adam Driver's part that he just he's so like, dismissively they're like, like Yeah, yeah, nobody. You have no part in this story. You like you are no you he, are. and then he goes, You're nobody. But not to me. Not to me. <laughs> but he says it so sincerely that yeah. he's I don't think he's manipulating her. No, there no, at all. he's completely sincere. Ryan Johnson when, said he was sincere in And that when moment. he puts his hand out and says, Join me, mm-hmm. the way he says it isn't the strong Darth Vader join me. No. It's it is Kylo Ren saying, "I can't do this on my own. Yeah, I need your help." Yeah, and he desperately wants her to join him. Yeah, and I thought it, I think it's a brilliant, brilliant piece of acting. Yeah, no. If if J.J. Abrams changes who like that that Ray's parents are actually somebody, that will ruin this trilogy. For yeah, me. I, I. Here's the thing: we for for two years we were like, who are Ray's parents? Yeah. Who can they be in the Star Wars universe that makes them so important? And we were so excited to find out that she was somebody. Mm-hmm. But the minute he said, you're just a bunch of filthy junk traders. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's exactly what I needed her to be. Yeah. That's perfect. And here's the thing. The disappointment you can feel from that, that's the perfect way to empathize with her character. Because exactly. you were feeling the same disappointment that she is. Yeah. And and so that uh, reinforces the message of the movie, the main message, that anybody could be a hero. You don't have to have stature or nobility. Yeah. Um, and I think that's actually a message now that reverberates through all trilogies. Because you see what happened with the Jedi Order. They're like, oh, this Anakin guy, he's probably the chosen one. Mm-hmm. Let's put him on a pedestal. Yeah, not deal with the actual problems this human being has. Yeah, this this guy's got to be somebody. Like, he's got to be helping us out because he's he's part of the prophecy, right? Yeah, I mean, like there's that scene where Obi Wan's like, "To be fair, isn't he supposed to bring balance to the Force?" Yeah, and only in that moment Yoda's like, "Yeah, we might have misread that prophecy." Yeah, like um, that. Now's not a great time yeah, to decide that. Thanks. <laughs> we 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 are we put the whole order on this. Um, we, we staked it all. Um, so, and I think that, so that is the downfall of, of putting people on pedestals. Um, just as people were trying to put Luke Skywalker on this pedestal. Yeah. Um, now, that's not to say that being on a pedestal or being a legend can be, is always bad because you can use that to inspire hope. Because you see yeah. like the kids playing with the Luke Skywalker action figure at the end of the movie. Well, your action figure, <laughs> stick figure. Yeah. Hey man, like action figure implies there's like twenty all points of articulation. Need, all you need is imagination. <laughs> um, so you can use that as hope, but to to basically, you're just not being pragmatic um, or humble. And I think that Ray's entire character actually represents pragmatism because I don't know if you guys remember when we were talking. A few episodes ago, you guys. I don't know if Brian and CJ remember we were talking a few episodes ago. Um, oh, by the way, if there are more yeah. listeners than just Brian and CJ, can you please let us know? Yeah. Because uh, there are more downloads, but I don't know who's downloading. I don't, yeah, who's I, listening? Of course, people can download we, without listening. But. Go and like rate us and yeah. review us, or just comment on Facebook. Yeah. Let us know you're out there. Um, so, go on. Anyway, it's a few episodes ago. I said that. Um, I was pointing out all of the parallels. I was talking about ring theory and how each character's um, arc um, parallels another character's arc. Um, and I said that even if Ray doesn't turn out to be Kenobi's descendant, yeah, she is still supposed to be a Kenobi-like figure. Yeah. And when you look at Obi Wan, he's this incredibly pragmatic Jedi. Um, he, he actually does try to deal with, you know, Anakin's problems. Yeah. Um, and, and he's super humble. Like he's like one of the greatest Jedi in the Jedi order and he's not like bragging about it. He's just like doing his job. Yeah. Like he doesn't have this, like, like he's, he's confident and snarky, but not like in a way that's like, like Anakin where he's like, I'm better than you, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think that you have to return to that kind of pragmatic thinking and humble thinking. I think that Ray does that. And she 
like her whole thing about, well, okay, let's, uh, how are we going to fix this? Okay, Luke's not helping us. Okay, let's go try to turn Kylo Ren back to the light side. That's yeah. how we're going to win. So I'm going to go do that, okay? So she's just trying to, like, just fix it all. Um, yeah. And and it, it's a, I think it's a commentary on this strict faith or strict ideology. Um, you know, instead of putting all of this on a pedestal, even your own ideology on a pedestal, like, yeah. this is what it is. It's a, it's a break from that and trying to deal with people as they are. And Ray genuinely tries to deal with Kylo Ren as he is. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, let's go to Luke. So the very, like, the thing that we notice about Luke's first appearance is that he just takes the lightsaber and, like, tosses it over his shoulder. Mm-hmm. And so it seems like he doesn't care at all. Mm-hmm. But when you actually look at him taking the lightsaber from her hands, if you notice very, very subtly, his robot hand mm-hmm. is actually shaking. Yeah. He's got just this little shake of nervousness. Yeah. I mean, he and, hasn't seen this since his duel with Vader. Yeah. So. And so that, that I thought was a really fantastic, because that, that hand is CGI. Mm-hmm. So, that little like yeah, it's not like it was. I, I mean, I, I understand. Yeah, it's purposeful. Yeah, it's, it's it was a purposeful choice. Yeah, to make so, sure that that was in there. I, yeah, I imagine Luke in that moment, he's kind of distraught by seeing it. Yeah, um, and then he like, and he's kind of realizing, oh, I know why she's. Here. I know why she's, she's here. here to take, to try to get me to come back. Yeah. Well, screw her. And then throws Throw it over, over and walks off. And like, goes nothing off into his yeah. to his room. Yeah. Um, when I was watching it a second time, um, I think I had a new favorite scene. Um, originally, my favorite scene was Luke watching the sunset. Um, yeah. Because it called back to watching the sunset in A New Hope. Yeah. I think my new favorite scene is when he's looking at Kylo Ren and he says, you know, like, wow, like every word you said was wrong. Um, they you are not going to destroy them. The rebellion is reborn today. When mm-hmm. he says the words "the rebellion is reborn today," yeah, there are twenty people, yeah, who are trying to escape, yeah, right. And it's just that defiant hope, like you can't stop us from hoping. Yeah, you can't snuff that out. We are reborn today. Okay, yeah. it just all of that just culminates in that one line. There's just so much emotion, yeah, that kind of spilled up inside me when I'm hearing that, and like the yeah. look in his eyes, it's so confident, and yeah, yeah. Um, but I decided to share that because it was just yeah. so. Um, also, in that moment uh, when he's talking to Kylo Ren. Um, and he says, um, you know, if you strike me down in anger, I'll always be with you. The same as your father. That yeah. is actually one of the most compassionate things you can tell Kylo Ren. Yeah. Because Luke, even though he doesn't really necessarily believe that he himself can just, you know, come in and save him from himself. Yeah. Save Kylo Ren from himself. Because he specifically, they su- he said he can't. Him. Yeah. Are you going to um, save are you going to hear to save my soul? And he's like, yeah. no, no. Um, but it's, it's almost a kind of trolley response. Um, that's, that's meant to get at him. Um, it's meant to be antagonistic. Yeah. Um, it's not nice, but it's not supposed to be nice. It's compassionate because he's saying, you can't shake this. You can't let the past die. And that's going to annoy him. And that annoyance is how you're going to get through to him in the future, possibly. Yeah. Because, because he'll know, ah, I can't let this, I can't let the past out like I want. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then now we have a disagreement. Yes. Um, so I noticed early in the film when Kylo Ren and Ray first connect, um, Kylo Ren's trying to figure out what's going on. How could he talk to her? 
and at first he thinks that she's actually there on the ship with him and he's like well no way maybe you're just like projecting yourself um he didn't say this but he has a line where he says wait you're not here the effort would kill you Mm -hmm. i think that was meant to set up you're not he says you're not doing this yeah you're not doing this yeah the effort would kill you yeah I think that's meant to set up like, oh, that's why Luke was so drained from projecting himself. Yeah. Because the effort literally killed him. Now you're saying it didn't kill him. Okay. So the implication is you're not doing this because the effort would kill you is you're not nearly strong enough of a force. You're no you're no Jedi Master. If you tried to you know, if you tried to do it, it would kill you. But he isn't like anybody Maybe. would die if they tried to project mm-hmm. themselves. Because here's the thing, distance doesn't matter because size matters not. It's the force. The force doesn't care how far away something is. So, but when you see Luke... clearly drained. No, no. But listen, when you see Luke after he projects himself and he comes back, he's like, you know, gasping and everything. Mm-hmm. And then... He gets up and sits back on the rocks calmly. Yeah. He didn't... The the effort of that didn't kill him. Yeah. What happened was Luke knew that now he was no longer necessary. Yeah. And actually, I said this myself. He is now connected back with the Force, Mm -hmm. where he wasn't before. And now he can become one with the force yeah. that he, he doesn't, he doesn't die from the effort. He's fine, mm-hmm. but he lets himself go because now he is no longer necessary. He is no longer the last Jedi. Yeah. He can yeah. let himself go. He's and now, now Ray will be, he's the now last at Jedi. peace. So like I did say last episode that I liked the watching the sunset scene because when he when he first watched the sunset in A New Hope, he's wanting desperately to go on this journey mm-hmm. to go to be somewhere else. Yeah. And now, as he's watching the sunset in Last Jedi, he's thinking, "I'm done with the journey. Yeah. I'm at peace now. I don't need a part in the story yeah. anymore." By the way, that sunset shot mm-hmm. is reversed completely. Um, so when we talk about ring theory a lot. They do like reverse shots. Yeah. Um, so Luke is looking towards the right at the sunset in A New Hope. Mm-hmm. He's standing, um, looking up at it, mm-hmm. um, and then kind of looking down as it goes down. Um, and the shot is on Luke from the left onto his face. Mm-hmm. Complete reverse when you go to The Last Jedi. Luke is sitting on the right side of the screen watching the sunset to the left mm-hmm. um, as it's going down. Yeah. Um, so I just want to throw that in there because yeah. it's a nice touch of uh, but reversal. If, if it was really that intense that it was going to kill him, he wouldn't be able to like pull himself up on the rock yeah, and no, have no. a nice sit down. Yeah, like that's fine. I agree with you. Yeah, um, I think that he purposely yeah. chose to let himself go. Yeah, which I think is a more meaningful end. Yeah, exactly. To, instead of just oh, the effort killed. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, now, we're gonna jump into some just random yeah, just random about things. It. Um, all prophecies come true in the throne room scene. So if yeah. you remember, um, Ray is saying, no, Kylo, I've seen your future. You're going to turn. Yeah, she doesn't say you're going to turn to the light side. Yeah. She says you're going to turn. Yeah. Which is, you're going to turn against yeah. Snoke. Um, and she says this line where it's like, it wasn't a completely solid future, but it was a framework. Yeah. Um, and Kylo Ren says, I've seen your future, Ray. You're going to join me. Yeah. And then Snoke says, as Kylo's spitting the lightsaber, yeah. he is going, like I've seen it, he is going to kill his true enemy. Yeah. Kylo Ren does kill his true enemy. Which apparently some people thought that Rey was the one who turned it. Okay, that's dumb. But that's just people who weren't paying attention because yeah. like Kylo... He literally was moving his finger. Yeah, he literally twitches his hand. And I've also seen this um, theory that like Snoke knows he's going to die because he knows as the master is the apprentice's job to kill the master. That's not right either because it, the point is Snoke's hubris. 
Yeah. He doesn't expect yeah. it. Yeah. Anyway, so Kylo Ren uh, does kill his true enemy, fulfilling Snoke's prophecy. Um, Kylo Ren does turn um, yeah. on Snoke, fulfilling Rey's prophecy. And Rey and does Rey join does Kylo. join Kylo Ren, fighting all the Praetorian Guard yeah. as Kylo foretold. Yeah. All three prophecies. Yeah. Now, um, if you go back and look at the uh, the scenes between Luke and um, Kylo, mm-hmm. you'll notice that Kylo has a this blue lightsaber that he's got. Mm-hmm. Some uh, the image of that lightsaber has been gotten out there online yeah. places, and some guys ended up like re like rebuilding it with a three D printer. They said it is identical, nearly identical, to Kylo Ren's lightsaber. Oh, so, so that he corrupts it. Basically, he replaced the crystals. Or he but corrupts the, it. That's, that's possible, about too, how yeah. In the Darth yeah. Vader comic, Darth Vader actually corrupts the crystal with all of his dark energy. Yeah. And all of his pain. But, but Kylo, pain. when he corrupts it, destabilizes it. Meaning that it needs venting on the sides yeah. to keep the lightsaber from basically blowing up. Which so he drills the holes in the side and installs the vent mm. so that that has the side things. But like the whole like um, the pommel of the weapon and stuff like that is the identical yeah. to. and that represents how unstable he is. Yeah, yeah. As we were talking earlier. Yeah. Um, so, uh, DJ. Um, Benicio del Toro. Yes, they never actually say his name. That's true. Movie, they don't call so. him DJ um, because DJ stands for "Don't Join" because he yeah. specifically says "Don't Join." And then so, also on his hat that he wears, mm-hmm. um, in Arabesh, it says "Don't Join." Yeah. So, um, so I always felt confused by Finn's story at first because it just felt like the weakest to me in the in the movie. Yeah. Um, which I th- I still think it is, but. I have a new appreciation for it when I think about it in this way. DJ is who Finn could become. Because when you notice Finn at the beginning of the film, all he cares about is saving Rey. Yeah. Um, and yeah, He's he, not abandoning the, the ship because he's a coward. No, yeah. He, he doesn't care about the resistance. He doesn't, he doesn't care about... like He defected from the First Order. He wasn't going to kill for them, he said. And he doesn't really care about the resistance. He wants to save his friend Ray. Well, DJ is kind of the same in that way. He's like, I'm not joining either side. You know, you blow one side up today, the other side blows up the other tomorrow. Yeah. And he's like, you might as well profit from this. Mm-hmm. And Finn has this moment where in the, in the very beginning of Canto Bite, where he's like running into the casino. And he's like looking around like, this is awesome. Yeah. Look at all this money. Yeah. That DJ is kind of a, a glimpse into who Finn could become. And Finn feels so betrayed when DJ sells them out mm-hmm. that I think that's kind of the moment where he, and with Rose's help, um, that's kind of where he realizes I need, need to be a part of something bigger. Yeah, I need to be part of something, like I need to put my faith in something so much that I'm willing to die for it, which is why he's like willing to die for it when he's driving his ship into the cannon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just had more more of appreciation for Finn the second time around. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Another thing I noticed? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I didn't is, notice this. Yeah. This is the first saga film, not counting Rogue One, the first saga film where lightsabers don't clash once. Yeah. Because the Praetorian Guard, mm-hmm. they're not using lightsabers. No. Uh, Kylo Ren and Rey never have a duel. Yeah. Uh, Luke and Kylo Ren never have a duel. Mm-hmm. Luke is always dodging the the blades. Um, he never uses the fate, you know, the projected lightsaber to yeah to clash. Um, and Rey and Luke never have an actual duel. Even when she's like really upset with him and she pulls out her lightsaber, mm-hmm. Luke pulls a stick to him. <laughs> like, yeah. He doesn't even pull his lightsaber. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. Because there's a lightsaber fight in every movie. Yeah. And I think, to me, and I could just be reading more into this, seeing meaning where there is none, but as a fan, you're entitled to do that. Um, I think that actually represents something to me, and that is a lightsaber fight is a clash between two distinctive sides. 
two clear ideologies. Mm -hmm. And I think that the characters in Last Jedi are going through so much transformation, both emotionally and with their ideology Mm -hmm. they believe in, that there are no sides to strike at each other. Yeah. Now, there was a clear side with Kylo Ren and Luke, but there's no fight because Luke's just projecting himself. In a way, there is a clash. When? In the flashback. No! You ruined it! Yeah. Wait a when, minute. Okay. When, okay, but there's no lightsaber fight. There's no lightsaber fight, you're right. You're right. Okay. But but Kylo Ren <laughs> raises up his lightsaber yeah, and slashes yeah. at Luke. Okay, fine. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But that notwithstanding. Yeah. There is no actual lightsaber fight. Yes. Um, I still, I still uh, attach that meaning to it. Yeah. There's no, there's no um, good and bad to clash. It's all this jumbled up mixture of don't know where Ray's going to go, don't know where Kylo's going to go. And by the way, that scene um, where Ray's like, after they destroy the Praetorian Guard, and Ray's like, there's still time to save the Resistance. And Kylo Ren's standing there. And he's like, no. Yeah. Like, it was like, no, you had a I chance. Know. You were so close. You had a chance. Oh, Kylo, you were so close. And that is why he's become irredeemable now. Because it's yeah. like, you really had a legitimate chance there. Like, not in the same way that, like, Vader wasn't, you know, Vader was manipulated, right? Yeah. He's not being manipulated in that moment. Yeah. He's just choosing it. Yeah. Yeah. That's what makes him different. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyways. Um, so, music. can you tell me Yeah. Yes, what new songs? There was none. Exactly. Yep. I noticed that too. I was, I was very disappointed. No, I wasn't. You know why? Why? Because the entire... Um, the entire film was reinforcing characters. There were there weren't any new characters who really deserved a brand new theme. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So I mean, I'm sure maybe there might be a theme song for Rose that I just didn't notice. Oh, there like, is actually in there. There is. Is there? Okay. Um, I just didn't notice. It, it comes up a few times. I actually didn't really enjoy the song. It, yeah. it felt a little too. But light. it felt really lighthearted. Like Ray's is that da 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 da, and um, Luke has his theme blended in there. Mm-hmm. Um, Kylo Ren has a theme. Yeah, it's kind of like the first one. The Empire's theme actually plays at one point mm-hmm. as well. Um, and then. Leia's and then theme. Leia's theme is really prominent throughout the film. Yeah. Anytime she's on screen, Leia's theme is playing. Yeah. Particularly when the the same version of the of the song that played when we first saw her as a hologram plays when she is yeah. saying goodbye to Luke. Yeah. The first time they saw each other than the last time. It's almost like the score is a send-off. To the original trilogy itself. Yeah. And now we're finally... And maybe new. even set up as a send-off to... Leia. John, well, maybe. to Leia. Yeah. And also John Williams, because, yes, he may be doing some stuff for Han Solo. Yeah. But we really don't know how much longer he's got. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know? he, just doesn't, he just actually doesn't seem that interested anymore. Yeah. He's like... Well, no, because, I mean... He says he's he trying to retire. And yeah, but then he, but he's still willing to come out for Star Wars. Yeah. And he did do a phenomenal job with The Force Awakens with, like, Ray's theme and all the oh, new yeah. songs like that. Yeah. And so I don't think he's, like, phoning it in or anything. Right, right. But I think that this film was um, musically, like, set up to call back to previ- everybody's previous themes. Yeah. Um, one really cool thing I saw online once was breaking down the uh, the main theme to Lord of the Rings. And that each time a new member, like the once the fellowship fully forms, mm-hmm. there are uh, there are nine members of the fellowship, and there are nine musical instruments that play. And then as different members fall off, their music, their music, their their uh, instruments disappear. And like when Boromir like begins to turn, 
he a different song from his, I think he's got like a horn or something begins to play and stuff like yeah. that. And so that um, really reminds me of um, this film in the way that their songs all seem to flow mm-hmm. into one another to create this yeah. story. Like you can sort of tell who's on, you can close your eyes and remove the dialogue and tell who's on yeah. the screen based on whose music is playing, which I thought was really great. For the record, John Williams didn't do Lord of the Rings, but no, 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 uh, yeah, but I'm saying but like that, that's yeah. how the yeah, yeah, it was a uh, uh, shore, yeah, um, did that. Now you wanted to talk about Rashomon. So there's this um, Kurosawa film from the 1950s. Um, Akira Kurosawa um, is a famous director. He um, he directed The Hidden Fortress, which A New Hope is based on. Mm-hmm. And in fact, there's there's a reference to the Hidden Fortress when mm-hmm. uh, Admiral Mahdi is getting choked. Yeah, and he says, uh, "Divine the location of the hidden rebel fort," and then he starts choking. Mm-hmm. Um. So he, uh, Kurosawa, was a huge influence on George Lucas. Um, a lot of the like Rogue One is very heavily like. The Seven Samurai a bit. Um, yeah. There's a bunch of different Kurosawa references. In fact, um, the actor who was one of Kurosawa's big actors who was in like all of his stuff, um, unfortunately I can't remember his name, um, but he was the main character in Yojimbo and, and a few others. George Lucas was considering asking him to play Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah. Which is why Obi-Wan Kenobi walks around in samurai robes. Yeah. Because they were planning on hiring him to do it. And they just, I don't know if they couldn't get him or if he wasn't willing to come over, you know, mm-hmm. all the way from Japan or to do it or what. So um, this movie Rashomon, it tells the story of somebody being murdered in a field, but you see it from three different perspectives. The movie basically plays through three times and each time you see a different person's perspective and it never tells you which one was the correct story or which combination of them it was. Yeah. And so... There's a newer film that must have been based on this, too. Well, and there's there's uh, Hero. Jet Li was in the movie Hero, and that retells the story from three different ways. That's a Chinese film. It's really, really good. It, yeah. Um, and that one uses, like, color to show whose perspective is being told yeah. and stuff. It's fantastic. Hero's actually one of my favorite films. It's a gorgeous, gorgeous movie. Um, and you could totally remake that as a Star Wars movie. <laughs> Just make it all about Jedi. So, um, so Rashomon was kind of like the original story. Cause if you think about it, that's the 1950s. Yeah. Like creativity in film wasn't like really big as far as like we're concerned now. But if you look back at like an entire movie that never, that looks from three different perspectives, but never bothers to tell you which one's the yeah. correct one is kind of it's, groundbreaking. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's mind bending. Um, and then they did that in this movie. Yeah. Where you had the very first time you see the scene between Luke and Kylo, you never actually see inside. So you don't know what happened. Simply well, Luke says, I went to confront him. Well, you see inside, you see, they only show him entering the hut and that's it. You see, yeah. Exactly. So you see him enter the hut, and then you watch there's you like an explosion of some sort. You don't see what goes down. You hear, yeah, a, you hear a lightsaber, and then you see an explosion. Yeah, he's like, he just he just lashed out at me for yeah. no reason at all. For no reason at all. And then Kylo, show, it's from his perspective, you see Luke's eyes are like flashing with hatred, and his lightsaber isn't like really green as much as it is like yellow, like this sickly yellow. Yeah. The I coloring mean, is all off. The rage in his eyes. Is yeah. Really like, and then, and Kylo was just defending himself. Yeah. And then you see it from Luke's perspective again, which I think is the actual, just the like truth. the truth. Yeah. And it's him admitting that, yeah, I went in there with a the lightsaber for, for a moment, for a moment. I reacted I to turned the it darkness. on. Yeah. Just instinctually, I reacted to the darkness by turning on my lightsaber. And man, when that camera pans up and suddenly shows Kylo looking over yeah, his shoulder, like, like, like I get this, like child. I get this pick, yeah. pit in my stomach of oh no. And then I don't blame Kylo at yeah, all. No, no, it's, I'm like, well, that's why oh, they yeah. have to make him sympathetic. 
because that's what makes his choice to remain on the dark side so yeah heart-wrenching yeah um um but yeah like he says like and the thought of doing anything about it um just left like a fleeting and did we cover this in the previous um episode the the fact that luke gathered up a dozen students yeah Did, did we talk about that at all yeah, well, so I think from the Jedi Academy. I think we we speculated that the ones that Kylo took with him I don't were know. the Knights of Ren. Um, Luke gathered twelve disciples yeah. to follow him. Yes, with his big old robes and his big he beard. Is Jesus yes. again being put on the pedestal? Being put on the pedestal, and not being sure if he can live up to it. Yeah, like the Garden of Gethsemane. I'll pretend I know. Okay, so. So the Jesus goes the night before the night that he's betrayed mm-hmm. by Judas and Kylo Ren. He goes to this garden on the edges of Jerusalem and asks God to, because he knows what's going to happen. And he asks God to take this away from him. He's like, please don't make me do this. And then Judas shows up and like, his uh, Peter goes in to defend him and chops a dude's ear off. And then that's when Jesus says the famous line, those who live by the sword die by the sword. Yeah. And he's like, no, knock it off. And then he gets taken away. So um, basically that's the, okay. what ends up happening here is like, Luke's yeah. like, no, I can't, I can't do this. And so Luke banishes himself to the other side of the galaxy until finally he's like, no, I have to do this. And he gives up his life to save his followers, basically, you know, to save the light. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very, very, yeah. And I I wouldn't say it's heavy handed. No, especially because he's like, I gathered, he isn't like, I gathered 12, 12, 12, Instead, he's just he like, like I, I got twelve students. There was a dozen. No, yeah. he doesn't even say oh, yeah. twelve. He says a dozen, yeah. says a dozen because a dozen you don't students. refer to them as the dozen disciples. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> it it puts a nice subtle like yeah. you know yeah. like um, hiding it. So I thought that was great. Speaking of Luke, um, I'm tr- I keep trying to apply the new films into ring theory. Yeah. And um, the people who are upset by Luke's arc apparently haven't seen Star Wars. Yeah. Because Luke can't do anything right. Because Obi Wan is told by Princess Leia that he's their only hope. That they need him to come out of seclusion to help the rebellion take on the Empire. Yeah. Instead, he decides in a moment with Vader, he says, If you strike me down, I'll become more powerful than you could possibly imagine. Yeah. Chooses to die and leave hope to the next generation to a young Luke. Yeah, he's like, later, kid. So I didn't bother to spend any time training. <laughs> yeah. You, you're on your own. Um, Luke. I know the last person I trained ended up becoming the most evil creature in the <laughs> galaxy. But I'm uh, sure you'll be yeah. fine. Well, he has a line where he says, I thought I could instruct him as well as Yoda instructed me. I, I was, was wrong. wrong. Yeah. I think that's actually true. Yeah. Um, Luke is told by Rey that he's their only hope. He has to come out of seclusion to save the resistance, to take on the First Order. He says to Kylo Ren, if you strike me down, I'll always remain with you. Yeah. Chooses to die and leaves hope to the next generation. Yeah. It's the same story, okay? Like... She's just a ripoff. Yeah. Well, here's the thing, like... If you're okay with Obi-Wan's story, you should be okay with Luke's story. And yeah. I understand everyone wanted to see Luke take on the First Order with a laser sword, as Luke so kind of nudgingly says yeah. in uh, the movie. Um, but, it, well, first off, in one way, he actually did. And secondly... Yeah. Um, he literally showed up and took on the entire Empire. Yeah. The entire First um, Order with a laser sword. But secondly, that's not the point of... Uh, his character isn't meant to be static and perfect. Yeah. It's supposed to be a flowing dynamic 
of constant growth and maturity. Yeah. And that's what I want in my character. It's not static nothingness. Yeah. Um, last thing I want to bring up um, is in ring theory. So I noticed watching the film the second time, um, the last, so the last scene, let me set this up. The last scene of Empire Strikes Back is Luke and Leia staring out at the galaxy from the ship. You yeah. see the backs of them as they stare out at this light um, the galaxy. Mm-hmm. Um, which, by the way, in ring theory, is the same as Anakin, Padme, and, and Attack of Clones staring out at this glistening lake. And you see yeah. the back of them. Mm-hmm. Um, the last shot of this movie is the broom kid. Broom boy. S- broom boy. Staring up at the light of the moon. And you see the back of him. Yeah. Okay, so you have Empire, right? There's a flavor of Return of the Jedi in it that it knows the first time. Mm-hmm. The last shot of Return of the Jedi is a shot of the whole group. They're like all sitting together with R2-D2 yeah. and, and the whole gang. Like it literally looks the exact same when you see the group of the 20 surviving rebellion fighters. Including Mean Numb. Um, from yeah, the, um, uh, Lando's co-pilot yeah, um, in Return of the Jedi. In the Millennium Falcon. So like a moment before that broom kid scene, you see them all sitting in the Millennium Falcon. Um, the shot looks the exact same, like even the placement of R2 and everything as the last shot of Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Which reinforces what I've believed all along was that Force Awakens and Last Jedi are meant to be the entire old trilogy in a ring. Mm-hmm. And episode nine is supposed to be something completely separate. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this goes into my next theory, which is in order for the ring theory to really fully make sense, there needs to be a massive, not massive, but a significant time jump between yeah. last Jedi and episode nine. Because think about it this way. Episode one is essentially prologue. Yeah. You don't actually, you know, there's a machete order that says you don't actually need it to understand yeah. the story. Yeah. Then there's a massive time jump. Mm-hmm. Episodes two and three are really close together, the same story. Yeah. Massive time jump. Episodes four through six, the story that's really close together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Massive time jump. Episodes seven and eight, yeah. the story that's really close together. Massive time jump. Epilogue. Episode nine. Ten years. So... Yeah. Is what my guess, yes. which would be the same amount of time between episode yes. one. Yes, that's and what I'm hoping. Because so it's, so it's episode one, one film, then two films, then three films, then two films, then one film. Yeah. The ring is complete. Yeah. And so episode nine should end, and you said that you wanted to see episode nine end where episode one begins. Yeah. And that's how that's why you have the time jump. So that so Ray is training end. Jedi. It's going to end with Kylo Ren traveling back in time and hooking up with Shmi Skywalker in a really uh, drunken party night. Ruin it. <laughs> oh. it feels incestuous in a way. Uh, well, it is. It is. Yeah. Uh, but uh, It's a real back to the future kind of moment. <laughs> anyways, point being, um, it would have to have a time jump for, you know, so you can see the Kylo Ren... And the Knights of Ren take on Rey and the new generation of Jedi she's trained. Master Yoda, um, are you saying that my great-grandma has the hots for me? <laughs> Sorry. Um, so, and then yeah. I also see it as like prologue, and then episodes two and three is the rise of evil. Yeah. Episodes four through six is the reign of evil. Episodes seven through eight is the fall of evil. And it doesn't seem that way because it seems so overbearing how much loss the rebellion was taking. Yeah. But remember, keep in mind, the reason that it doesn't feel like there needs to be another film is because there's just so much defiant hope in that yeah. like rebellion is reborn thing. Yeah. And then episode nine epilogue. So okay. yeah. Anyways, that's just my theory, and that's why I hope it happens. Very good. Um, all right, we'll move on to trivia. Let's get some trivia going. And I rolled the log over. Underneath was a tiny little stick. I was like, that log had a child. Okay, so what's our score? Uh, Mark, you have 60, I have 65. So I just need you to miss all the questions. Okay, bring it. All right. 
How many arms grace the body shared by Fode and Bede, the two-headed pod race announcer? Two. No. Four. No, wait. Two. It was four! Damn it! <laughs> Which Dark Lord, according to Chancellor Palpatine, discovers, discovered how to keep the ones he cared about from dying? Darth Plagueis. Such a badly like worded, like the 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 phrase "keep the ones he loved from dying." Yeah, that's not a good. Like, well, he's just trying to play Anakin. Yeah, it was just not a good sentence. Well, I don't worry about it. Anyway, Ellie the Emperor is known for his speaking ability. Yeah, well, he is. That's the whole thing. It's <laughs> <laughs> like oh, power. Uh, yeah. Okay. Who assures Darth Vader the Rebel Shield on Hoth? Who'll be down in moments? Uh, General Veers. General Veers. As Anakin races off to Mustafar, who moans, I feel so helpless. Um, C-3PO. Yes. Which vehicles do the rebels have trouble adapting to the frigid nights on Hoth? Speeders. No. They're speeders. Snow speeders. No. Stop. They're not snow speeders because they're having trouble adapting them. Exactly. They don't become snow speeders yeah. until the following day. Uh, what uneasy pilot declares flying is for droids? Obi-Wan. Yes. You missed one. I missed one. You missed one. All right. Well, riddle me this. Which creatures appear in a large herd along the route taken by Jabba the Hutt's sail barge? Uh, Banthas. Jabba the Hutt's sail barge. Uh, yes. By the way, a sail barge is seen in Last Jedi, thus reinforcing that it is Empire in Return rolled into one. On Canto Bight, there's a sail oh, yeah. barge on the on the on the water river. on the river. Yeah. Uh, who advises your eyes can deceive you? Don't trust them. Obi Wan Kenobi. Which pilot during the escape from Hoth manages to trick one star destroyer into colliding with another? Han Solo. Which, by the way, like, who's piloting these Star Destroyers? How yeah. do you not? Because the guy who's actually, like, handling the joystick isn't looking out the window to notice where... Okay, but like, there's, like, 20 pilots no, on this thing, that's right? That's what I'm saying. Like, is that, like, he's not looking out the window, so he's not going to be going, like, oh, look, there goes the Millennium Falcon. He's going to be, like, paying attention to his instruments... Okay, and space so, is real, real big. But who was There's paying no their reason. instrument that they weren't about to collide with something? That's really on the radar. No, that's what I'm saying. Oh, okay, is the guy that who is idiot. the guy who is piloting the ship with yeah. his little joystick isn't looking out the window going, "Oh, look, there's the Millennium Falcon." He should be looking at his display. Yeah. There's no reason for their ships <laughs> should have collided. Dumb. Okay, uh, who was the first Rebel Snowspeeder crewman seen killed during the Battle of Hoth? Um, Dak. Yes. Because they don't name any others that die. Correct. Which of Anakin's projects is intended to give his mom some help? C-3PO. Yeah. Which was completely unnecessary. Yeah, she doesn't need a protocol droid. Oh, no, no. I meant, like, the fact that he built C-3PO is unnecessary to the story. Oh, yeah. It was, just, like, thrown in. Like It was just to make C-3PO! sure. C-3PO! Like, yeah. Okay. Uh, how many torpedoes does Anakin fire in order to destroy the droid control ship? Uh, I think two. Yes. Yeah. Um, because Luke fires two. Yes. Oh, I never noticed that before. Ring theory! Nice! Yeah. Um, but he does it by accident, which is stupid. Yeah. Oops! This is a good trick. Oh, by the way, here's another ring theory for you. Kylo Red in Last Jedi. There's a scene where he's about to go up onto the um, main resistance ship, and he's spinning his Tie Fighter rapidly. Yeah, like super rapid, like brr, 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 brr. yeah. And all I could think was, "I'll try spinning. That's a good trick." Well, I, when I saw it happening, I was just like, "He's gonna throw up inside <laughs> of that thing." I was like, "Just, just like his grandfather." Yeah. All right, you got all six. I did. And I missed one. So you're at 66, and now I am at 70. Execute score 66. Oh. Okay. All right. So. Well, that has been Voice of the Rebellion. 
I had I had more to say. He had a lot more to say. But <laughs> I wanted skipped, to cut off her time. We skipped like half the script that he had written <laughs> yeah. out. Well, I mean it wasn't gonna it was gonna be quick, but I was going to point out how all of the criticisms of Last Jedi could be applied to Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. But we can save that to the next episode. Yeah. So so look forward to even more Last Jedi discussion. Uh, next yeah. Next episode. Okay. So all right, we will see you next time. Make sure to get over there onto iTunes and yeah, CJ, and stuff. you slacking, Brian? Because, come on. Well, Brian told me that he did review us, but I don't see. Well, it no, there. it keeps Is saying it... there's not enough reviews. Oh, so I have no idea up. how many are supposed to be there. Maybe they have to have a certain number. Yeah, I mean, it could be a hundred. I have no idea. So, guys, come on, <laughs> come on, create we, new accounts, leave good reviews. We've we've made like. We've made almost a full day of content for you guys. Yeah. Come on. Don't be a dick. Someday when you are older, you could get hit by a boulder. By your lightning, screaming, come help me. I see you have constructed a new podcast. Your skills are complete. Indeed, you are powerful as the Emperor has foreseen. Come with me. Obi-Wan once thought as you do. You don't know the power of the Snapchats. I must obey my master. I will not turn, and you'll be forced to record over me. If that is your destiny... Search your feelings, father. You can't do this. I feel the conflict within you. Let go of your Snapchat. It is too late for me, son. The Emperor will show you the true nature of the Snapchat. He is your master now. Then my podcast is truly dead. Stop it now.